Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Hannah Roberts. Now, she's born in England, in Berkshire, and she has been in film, TV, and theatre for over 10 years now. And she's had some experience in L.A., and she's been in a film clip uh, with the band Homewreck Band. She is also featured in Cycle Cat, Spiritual Contact 2014, Dream Lover 2017, Dragon Kingdom, Future Soldiers, Seven Days, The Story of the, of the Blind Man. And she's also working on some other TV miniseries, which is set to come out uh, this year. But before we go, please go to our website. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Tell Craig Your Story. And we're also on VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. There's also a link there. It tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on Spotify, Google Podcast, Deezer, and we're also on YouTube as well. So make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel and you'll be able to know when the downloads are available. All right, here we go. Hannah Roberts on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, What time is it now in England? So it is now 10.08 in the morning. 10.08 in the morning. Very specific. Yeah. So so first off, uh, I've been asking this question a lot lately. Um, Tell us a bit about what's happening in England uh, with the coronavirus and how how you're staying safe and is your family safe as well? Yeah, so we're all in lockdown just like everybody else right now. Um, We are about a week away from another review. So, um, yeah, the government's going to review where we're at in about maybe another uh, another few days and kind of see if they want to give us more time in lockdown or they're saying that they might look to remove some restrictions so that we can kind of go out and see a select few friends and family. But everyone's kind of, well, everyone that I know is adhering to the rules, um, staying in, staying safe, going out only for essential journeys. It's weird, actually, because my sister literally just moved house. So my sister used to live maybe like oh, right. two minutes down the road. I know. So she's moved like two hours down the road now. And um, my mum actually lives in Belgium. My mum doesn't live in the UK. So she's been in lockdown for an extra three weeks on top of what we've we've done. So, yeah, they're going a bit stir crazy, but it's all for the greater good. So, yes. yeah, yeah, we'll get That's through it. That's true. And how have you been? How have you been keeping busy? Have you been learning new lines, preparing, you know, what have you been doing yeah. in this period? I kind of um, really is, you know what, as, as much as it's frustrating and it's hard, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for in the sense that you kind of get a moment to breathe. So it's been amazing to kind of yes. take stock of, you know, what are my headshots looking like? Where's my reel? Uh, where can my reel be tightened up? Um, I've just redone my acting CV to make sure that it's completely up to date and without headshots. Um, I've been uh, reaching out to my agent just to keep in touch. There's surprisingly right. quite a few castings online, which I wouldn't have expected there to be. But there's a lot of kind of like yeah. casting yes. going on. And tell me also about 
did you have to cancel anything uh, during this period as well? Did you have like movie roles, spots that you had to cancel? For me personally, I didn't have any projects that were just about to drop. Um, I had some castings coming up. So a couple of castings have been um, pushed back. So some self-tapes that I was asked to do have kind of been put on hold just for the minute while people kind of figure out where they're at. But I'm I'm quite lucky in the sense that I wasn't about to walk on a set and have, have uh, something be cancelled. But I know quite a few people that have had that done and it's so disheartening. But the best part about it is it's not cancelled, you know, it's just postponed. So I think we're going to see a really nice, um, vibrant acting industry when this picks up, you know. Yeah, definitely. And how is it different to do an audition online as compared to doing it for real in person? It's, you know what? I I love both. Um, when you're auditioning in a casting in front of people and you're sat there with the casting director um, and all the producers and you walk in, obviously, it's like being on stage. You can gauge the energy in the room and the, the acting industry has this saying where they know if, if they want to take you any further or if they're intrigued in you in the first sort of 30 seconds. So there's a lot more pressure in the moment in that kind of sense. But when you're doing it as a self-tape at home and uh, my old housemate, bless his heart, used to help me do my self-tapes all the time. It's kind of that extra pressure that you put on yourself that you want to take it again and again and again. And, you know, after the, like 15 takes, you need to draw a line under it and kind of just say, you know, like <laughs> the first one that I've done because you start to nitpick yourself a little bit more than you would. So yeah, very yeah. different. And this, and do you think this is like the, the the way of the future now? Like, uh, obviously, we have the technology, so why don't we use it, right? Yeah, I mean, doing like you know, online. In, in terms of online filming and, and recording yourself at home, or in terms of self tape castings? Yeah, well, both actually. Yeah, I mean, um, a majority of the castings I get a self tape anyway. So, um, self tape really a massive majority of the casting process nowadays. So, that's always fantastic because if you get a call to say look we're interested in you can you do a self-tape you know there and then you've got access to your phone um if you've got self-taping equipment it's great if you've got a reading partner available it's great so that's always been a thing in terms of filming from home I always get a bit of anxiety because (laughs) I always wonder like is the background what they want is my house conducive to what they want you know is the sound quality going to be how they want it in terms of cutting it into what they're doing but yeah sure absolutely there's you know maybe maybe this has proven that that might be a way forward moving forward yeah definitely and can you think of another time where the whole entertainment industry has sort of shut down like i can't think of another time that this has happened can you think of another time where this has happened before not like this not in my lifetime no no (laughs) No, I mean, you know, yeah. it's so something when you go on Facebook and, you know, your acting friends are posting about, you know, oh, I was meant to be on set today or somebody that had announced such an amazing opportunity that they'd been able to secure a couple of weeks ago and they were meant to be on set that day. And it's just, you know, as, as, a, you, know, as you say, it's not it's not things have been cancelled. They're just postponed. But I think it's put a hell of a lot of pressure on the industry so far. Mm-hmm. I'm just intrigued yeah. and excited to yeah. see things pick up and see all these projects you know, get rolling and, and see all the opportunities get back up there. Yeah, and I think everybody will start to appreciate, you know, going out and traveling and, you know, uh, doing <laughs> doing things, you know, <laughs> instead of taking things for granted. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it was instead of like, oh, you know, I'll do it next time or I'll do it next year, you know, no, you do it now. Yeah, something that's really changed for me in the sense that, like, if you're scrolling through and you see a casting and, um, you know, something that your, your agent hasn't sent you, you're on, you might be on Spotlight, you might be on Mandy, whatever it might be. You see a casting come up and they say, oh, we want a self-tape. And, you know, back when we were working or, you know, like like so many others, I have a day job and I'd sit there and kind of put it on the back burner and say, OK, do you know what? I've not got time in my day to do that now. So let me finish what I'm doing and I might put it off for a day or two. But it's amazing to have the opportunity now to just get involved and really get motivated and just just do it there and then. Definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. Well, let's just let's just hope that uh, this thing goes away very, very quickly and uh we can sort of get back to normal life but i guess like everybody now is a bit more hygienic now as well so that, that's always that's always good that's always good for the and uh hopefully the and hopefully we'll be able to uh yeah sorry i was just gonna say you know i just I, I can't wait for everyone's you know hard work to pay off i mean you know the work that the nhs are doing the work that supermarkets are doing, the work that carers are doing, you know, the work that everyday um, people job, everyone is putting their their happiness and, you know, their usual life on hold for something far bigger and far more important. And, you know, I think yes. everyone else will agree, you know, we just can't wait for this this hard work to pay off so that, you know, staying at home, we're doing it for a reason. Let's get back to seeing our friends and family as soon as we can. That's it. Definitely. And uh, hopefully there's some toilet paper at the supermarket as well, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? There's actually, there's so much toilet paper now. It's crazy. When this whole thing kicked off, you go into empty shelves of people panic buying and now you get down the aisle and you can barely move. There's just packs of toilet roll everywhere. Yeah, that's right. We've got too much now. So, yeah. All right. So, so Hannah, film television theater mm. uh and it's, it says here that you've uh, you've you've done this for over 10 years now um mm-hmm. uh how, how long officially how long have, when did you first start oh i first started acting when i was 14 so um yeah i'm 14, 31 now right. for a long time yeah right so uh going back to going back to that sort of period when did you sort of know that you were you know this is what you wanted to do as a as a career I think oh so when I started I was about 14 you know when you're in school and you kind of get handed like a play and you, you sort of read this play and you think oh you know I'm in school I'd rather be out in the playground chilling out do I really want to sit here reading a play and the irony was I was like yeah I really got into it I was such a shy kid like I was such a shy kid <laughs> I I just didn't really have a voice and then being in school got introduced to these plays and um, I absolutely loved having a reason to have a voice so I guess by the time I got to GCSEs so what like 15 16 I just kind of did it for GCSEs and just fell into it and got the bug and yeah ever since then I haven't been able to stop (laughs) right and and what was your so you first went into theatre is that correct yeah I first went into theatre in school and then I decided to basically find a drama school near to me to kind of enhance my skills learn more about it and that's when 
yeah, we really focused on theatre and musical theatre and singing, which was great. Right. And then who were your teachers there at, at the time? Was it just local local people? or Yeah, you know, it was a local was drama it someone school. That... My first ever drama school right, was and... a local theatre school in the local area. And then I went to university. I went to Aberystwyth University in Mid Wales and majored in uh, drama while I was there for um, for those years. And then it was after that I decided oh. that I'd had the theatre and I wanted the film. So I decided to go to Red Roofs. Right. Um, yeah, and that's where I got the bug for film and TV. Um, we had people come in from um, Radio 4 to do voiceover work. We had film um, film crews come in that had worked on the BBC, directors coming in from the BBC. Uh, we had actors coming in um, that had worked on some amazing programmes and movies to kind of um, mentor us, which was incredible. And uh, what what made you want to get into that? You're saying that you were, and you're also saying that you were a bit of a shy girl as well. So, how did you over, overcome being being that shy girl? I think because it was something that kind of just spoke naturally to me. Right. It wasn't actually as hard as I thought it was going to be. So, from going from being such a shy kid, and you know, I was that kid that didn't even want to ask for a bill in a restaurant. Like, <laughs> that's the type of kid I was. When my family were like, Ham, can, you go and, can you go and get the bill? I'd be like, No, 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 you're good, you do it. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I know. Um, but I'd always been such a movie geek, I think, you know, like I'd always been such a movie geek. And when we were in school, got into GCSEs, I remember sitting there one day and one of the movies that really stands out for me was One Flew Over the Cookie's Nest. What an incredible movie. Um, Mm, It's one of my all-time favourite movies. And it's, you know, the director is someone that I hadn't seen a lot of work from before that. I kind of just sat there and thought, you know what, this is just something so incredible. And then getting into plays and working on, on, you know, plays from different playwrights, I just kind of fell into it. It was something that came really naturally. I didn't even question whether I could do it or not. Obviously, when you get on stage and you're performing, it's extremely terrifying. But once you're in that zone, once you gauge the audience, there's nothing like it. It's almost as if you forget they're there. So, yeah, it wasn't really – it just came naturally. So, so Hannah, you were talking about uh, the theatre before and you were saying that you had a a bit of fear, a bit scared getting on stage. So – Tell us about tell us about how you overcome that. So I think, honestly speaking, if anybody says to you that they're not slight, at least slightly afraid of getting onto a stage and performing, they're a liar. <laughs> but I think <laughs> that right. you know, any any time that you get up in front of a group of people that you don't know is so intimidating. But I think for an actor, they describe it as being, and I've mentioned before, like the bug. You know when when you when you do something you love you get into the rhythm of it there's nothing quite like stepping out onto a stage feeling the fear and then all of a sudden it's this crazy experience where you gauge the situation and you gauge the audience and you get to a point where you're so immersed in what you're doing you kind of forget that they're there um and it's just an incredible it's unlike anything you can describe honestly (laughs) yes yeah it's just it's it's an interesting thing too. Like um, I played music and I still do play music. Nice. Uh, I played it for a long time, but every time you go up on stage, it's always like that little, you know. I actually I get more nervous before the yeah. the, the actual concert or a gig. So 
you know, once I see the rest of the band, it's like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. But you uh, but mates before, on stage. <laughs> yeah, but, but thinking about it beforehand, it's like I've got to make sure my equipment's right. I've got to make mm. sure that everything's all good to go, power, you know. So I guess you have that as well, like trying to remember your lines and, and all that. That's another thing that I always like to ask is how how did you develop, like, being able to remember so many lines you know how do you do that is there a trick that you have or so honest answer is um I don't know how I manage to remember my lines most of the time because I'm one of those people (laughs) but um I have like a I have a photographic memory I always have ever since I was a kid um and so for me learning lines comes in two parts it not only comes from physically kind of envisioning in your head the words on a page for me personally but it's also understanding why you're saying them so part of learning your lines will always come from the character development that you do from the subtext that you're trying to understand from the person that you're playing opposite when you're learning lines and you're you're researching a character you never just look at your lines you always want to be looking at their lines to understand why are they saying that what's their intention what's the subtext between the situation from that you get this 360 view of the entire situation the motivations the reactions and it builds a story that you just immerse yourself in um tie that in with a photographic memory and for me that's literally how i how i do it i played um i played may in the accrington powells a couple of years ago um and a theater tour and i had a monologue that was about i think four pages long (laughs) I put about three and a half hours long this monologue and my biggest fear before getting on stage for that one scene was that I was going to forget my lines and because you get to the point especially when you're touring around where you're you're doing this every day and every night and you you understand her so well even if you forget yourself you can kind of understand where she's headed so you can pick yourself up again um, but yeah, that's probably the most challenging thing I've ever done is learn a monologue of that size. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, I just like you know I'm I'm struggling to remember one line, little line, four or five pages. <laughs> so, so so going so going back uh, to to that you know that that time you know when you were sort of developing and learning your craft. Mm. What did your did your parents have anything to do? Were they sort of um, in the entertainment industry as well and and what do they think of when you said hey mom dad I'm gonna be an actor so no they're not in the industry at all um they <laughs> they're extremely supportive people um but you know they they were they they were not in the entertainment industry never had been never had kind of experienced it um I think you know, my mum had done like the odd play here and there when she was younger, but never really um, got into it. So it was more, and honestly, it was more of a confidence thing when I was a kid um, because I was so shy as a child. Um, and I kind of came mm. home from school one day and was like, mum, I've read this play uh, and, and I really enjoyed it. And I got a big part and I got to speak in front of a room full of people. My mum kind of was so impressed by the kind of like sparkle in my eye that she encouraged me to keep going. And then um, we were just sat down one day, probably, you know, when I was about 14. And she sort of said to me, like, Han, you know, do you do you want to look into this more? And we did. And we found a drama school. 
and they just saw me thrive as a person and you know it's it's almost like I found something that had been missing for quite a while and I found a voice that I didn't know I had so they were very supportive of me kind of investigating that and then from there it was kind of just like yeah do you know what whether I do this full-time professionally or just on the side of whatever I do it's always going to be a part of my life and uh yeah they were just really cool about it it's always good to have those supporting parents sort of uh you know keeping an eye out on you (laughs) yeah and whereabouts did you say that you grew up in so I'm from um Bracknell in Berkshire so probably about half hour drive from from London yeah okay and tell us what it was like uh, growing growing up there I've never been to uh, England before unfortunately you've never been to England (laughs) oh you're missing out on a lot of rain you know what it was actually on my on my list to do uh, for this for your summer um was to go to Europe for for, you know uh, two months and mm. uh, do some online work mm-hmm. on the way. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look like I'll be able to do that for <laughs> this summer. Um, irony. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I had to come back to Australia, actually. I was um, I actually live in Shanghai, so um, of all the places, Amazing. that's where it yeah. started. So, well, so Australia's as as I, on my list as well, as so. A, oh, right. So you've never, never been so, – so tell us what it was like uh, living uh, living in uh, growing up in, in is it Berkshire? Berkshire, Berkshire? yeah, Berkshire. Berkshire. Um, pretty pretty standard, um, you know. Uh, made a really a really great group of friends. Went to um, went to a primary school in Bracknell, you know, with some really cool kids, some great teachers. You know, typical kind of family. Uh, lived with my older sister, my mum and dad you know got into to acting uh, with some local drama schools that were maybe you know in different counties um but met some amazing people there finally decided to move away when i went to university i actually went to university when i was um 17 instead of 18 i'm a bit of a geek <laughs> so um oh, I managed, wow. yeah so i i went to university um yeah well uh, and um you know went to mid wales and as much as I missed home, um, I'm I'm not really the biggest home bird in the world. I'm one of those people that if I'm, you know, doing a project abroad or just visiting or traveling abroad, I I never miss home that much, you know. I'm kind of one of those right. people where right. I'd be quite happy, kind of. I'd I miss the friends and family for sure, but I'm I'm not really a homebody. Yes, like only going from what my what my friends have said, it's not the sort of warmest weather in England as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm always I'm always sort of watching the the Premier League over there as well. So every time I turn it on, it's at the raining or overcast, <laughs> yeah. and you know the, the the people have got like four four layers of clothing on. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather we, be um... on the beach. We're, we're not blessed in the way that you guys are really so much with um you know with with the hottest weather although we 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 have beautiful summers and we have cold winters but you know with climate change it's kind of been changing the last few years where you know the the weather That's even this I'm last saying. right so you know I was sunbathing in the garden last week and I got sunburned and the weather over the last two weeks wow. has been absolutely beautiful. So, you know, for being isolated mm, yeah, right. stuck inside, because you know. Getting a bit of a tan. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd usually see, like, with my friends, they'd just go, you know, 
oh, it's 28, 29 degrees. It's, you know, it's so hot over here, you know? <laughs> You're like <"We're> amateurs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We wake up and it's 29 degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I really want that, though. I would love that. I, I love the warm weather um, and I love a beach. Yeah. Um, and I want to learn to surf as well. That's on my list of goals. So oh. I really feel like I should oh. come to Australia when this is all over. <laughs> come on, Hannah. Come on, Hannah. Yep, I think that's it's destiny. <laughs> exactly. So, so speaking of coming to Australia, I've noticed that you actually played a Australian <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I did. Yeah, so did. how did that all come about? And how, did, how was it uh, trying to learn the Australian accent? So I, I actually have, ever since I was a kid, I've had a thing for accent. So when I was a kid, I would walk around the house and I was that kind of crazy kid that, you know, your mum would ask you a question and you answer her in like a South African accent or you go off on a tangent in an Irish accent <laughs> or something like that. And she'd kind of just look at me and be like, although that's really annoying right now, I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just always I don't know why I'm, I'm just I, I love accents so this role came up and the story I don't know if you know anything about the story of um he calls himself um Blind Dave's right so his name is Dave Healy he's a he's a brummy he was the first person in the world to run the seven marathon blind and he's kind of like a national treasure. And so I saw this role come up and it was the role of Susan Parks, who is an Australian reporter. So he's over in Australia and he's running with his running partner and he's training. And this is a true story. An Australian reporter managed to catch him running one day and totted up next to him in her heels and um, started interviewing him <laughs> while he's running, while he's training. And I read this backstory and I thought to myself, dear God, I can do that. <laughs> so I already knew that I could do an Australian accent. I knew that there was a bit of comedy to it. And I don't usually get the opportunity to play the comedy because of my typecast. I always get the villain. So I, I sent in this self-tape. Oh, right. I sent in this self-tape. I got my cousin down to record with me because no one was around that day. And I'm running on this self-tape in some heels and I'm doing this Australian accent. And their feedback to me was that they loved the accent. So they hired me because they felt that I could do quite a good job. So, yeah, that's how that came about. It was amazing. I did actually see it. I, uh, I saw oh, the video did? of it, you know, the part <laughs> in the film. Yeah. And you were in your, like you, were, like you said, you're in your high heels and you're running. And, you know, can I interview you? You know, <laughs> what's it like yeah. in the industry? It's amazing because he, you know, the the character breakdown was she's she's kind of they they obviously adapted the character for the film, right? So in no way were they saying this about the original reporter, but what what my character breakdown was yeah. was that she was kind of self-involved. She had no idea um the the original reporter actually had no idea who Dave Healy was. So she's going to interview someone but she right. didn't actually know who he was and what he did. She just knew that he was here to run one part of the seven marathons so at the end she's like oh you got blind dave across your vest like what is this and he's like well my name's dave <laughs> and i'm blind so my name is blind dave and she just kind of like it's almost like she stood there with egg on her face she doesn't know what to say just brilliant it was it was one of my favorite roles that i've played yeah and and is that true like at the end there where you were you know 
bend over, you know, puffing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Are you, not, are you like that normally or? Am I like that normally? What, in terms of running? Yeah, in terms of running, yes. Oh, I love to keep fit. No, I love to keep fit. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't class myself as a runner. Running is probably one of my least favorite things to do. But I I used to um, I used to be very overweight as a child. <laughs> so I think that's probably contributed to part of the reason why I was quite shy. But I actually was um, quite overweight as a kid. And so I ended up losing five stone. Not sure what that what's that in pounds? Wow. Was that over 60 pounds? Is that right? Maybe. Well, you know, what, like that. you know what, actually, I, I, I actually know six pounds as well, uh, no, six stone as well. So, um, no way. yeah, Amazing. but for the people who, the people who don't, the people who don't know that <laughs> six stone is what, what, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's a lot. How many it's seven kilos? Either way. Do you know what? That's, that's an amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to break out my calculator. So, so then saying that, so what was the motivation? Was this before you were doing like the the theatre and or was this just a, you know, I'm going to do it for myself? So it was after I started acting. So when I started acting, I was really overweight. And then I got into acting and I, I found my voice and got this confidence. And then um, I continued to put on weight. I I got to my heaviest probably when I was about. 16 I think when I was about 16 I was probably the heaviest I've ever been but I was a lot shorter then so I couldn't really carry it off as well you know I was I was and it was unhealthy for my age you know the doctor was telling me that it was really unhealthy so I guess maybe having having done the acting kind of gave me the strength and the confidence to say who do I want to be and it was really going to the thought of going to college and university and being unhealthy and not feeling the best that I could be just motivated me to just say, do you know what, enough. I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. So I lost the weight. And yeah. then it's only maybe in the last five years that I've really got into health and fitness, understanding my diet, understanding my body. And now I'm I'm somebody that takes it quite seriously, but really enjoys it. Yes. And do you have like a strict sort of, of diet, like especially like if you have a role that you have to play, you know, do you go on special diets? Do you have someone, you know, like a personal trainer or do you just do it by yourself? How does it all work? So, I mean, I will always go by what I'm comfortable with. So I'll never, um, you know, I've never been asked to lose weight. I've never been asked to gain weight. I've always kind of gone for roles that are within you know my abilities so um yes I, I I did a movie a couple of years ago now um Order of Kings um I did a movie there where I, where I played um a warrior called Seema and they they I did a self-tape and they said yeah we want you to play this this woman uh we want you to come down and do a sword fighting day like a sword fighting workshop to see to help with the casting and kind of see your abilities and I sort of looked in the mirror yes. and was like I am 90% sure that I'm going to have to show my abs. I say abs. I didn't even have right. abs at that point. <laughs> I was like, where are they? Um, so, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to this training workshop with sword fighting experts and fitness people. So I already knew some of the people that were going. And I was like, I want to be able to contend with them. So I got my butt into the gym and I was in the gym nearly every single day. And I put myself on a low calorie diet to try and shift a couple of pounds that I'd put back on to try and not to try and lose weight or change myself, but just to be the best version that I could be. 
um and it paid yes, off it paid off I you know I got the role I learned new skills I felt comfortable on camera and from then I went back to a friend of mine his name is David Chules um he's incredible he he um is a PT he runs his own business and he's been a friend of mine for years and I just went to him and said look these are my goals can you help me um and he said yes and so I work with him on and off at the minute to kind of keep me in check and so I do have a routine I definitely have a specific diet that I follow <laughs> um most of the time yes I'm quite strict with myself but that's just because I suffer quite badly with allergies with food um so I have to be quite strict uh, so do you have do you have that is you know I've seen diets and you know from you know athletes do, do you have your one day a week cheat cheat time or is it strictly on a diet um I mean for me I mean I'm just one of those people that is always watching what I eat and I think that comes from being mm. so overweight in the past you know my family are the first people to say right. you know Han you need to you need to ease up and chill out and just eat a burger <laughs> but um I'll always <laughs> oh yeah I'll always eat if I want chocolate I'll have it you know I never unless I'm unless I've put on weight you know over Christmas and I've been stuffing my face and I need to to lose a couple of pounds just for myself I'll always make sure I'm eating right and I'm eating healthy for myself if I want a treat I'll have it because at the end of the day if I lived not eating treats I'd go crazy because food is my life I love food I'm, I'm <laughs> Come a on, you gotta treat yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and you know you, you want to go out with friends and have a good time exactly and have a few drinks as well so you know and just keep it keep it modified you know don't go too much. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So, so that that's good that you've got a good bunch of friends and you got you found your personal trainer and you're on a in a sort of strict diet. So, um, it says that uh, did you actually live in LA for a little while or did yeah. you just go there to visit? So I I went to university, <clears throat> studied drama, and I met I met this in, incredible friend of mine who. Uh, she wanted to go and do film acting and so I had already gone to Red Roofs and done a postgraduate in screen acting and <clears throat> I sort of came out with new skills and I came out with a one day we're chatting and she said to me Han I want to go and study with the New York Film Academy and they have a course out in LA um, and I sort of said you know what I, I've already got my showreel I've done my studying I want to go and investigate what the industry's like. Everyone talks about LA and what it's like, but I want to go out and do it. So I went out there just for a couple of months um, to go and live with my friend Lisa. And we got an apartment together in North Hollywood. Um, actually, we lived opposite Warner Brothers studio. You could see the back lots from, from our balcony. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was insane. Um, so she went to school over there, which was great because I had the chance to mix and meet her friends too and kind of get involved in that side of things. But I had the opportunity to go and network so I basically got a non-working visa so they wouldn't give me a working visa so I couldn't actually go out and um, oh. yeah so I couldn't actually go out for the amount of time that we were there and and actually work but it didn't mean that I didn't go and audition <laughs> I still went because I thought to right. myself you know I was looking at castings and I could see that there were auditions going on and I thought you know take the opportunity to learn and, and experience and train so I'd make sure that I went to castings and networked and I met some incredible people it was great not what I expected actually so it's, yes it was just it's just funny I have a I have a friend here in in Newcastle as well and yeah. 
he's doing he's doing the same thing. He's doing short films. He's doing, you know, TV commercials. He's been in a, a couple of films, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, and then he did the same thing. He went over there to the US to try and, you know, pursue his career acting career, and he said it was like a, you know, he was like a small fish in a pond. And it was like yeah. it didn't matter what 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 he did previously, he was just this new guy that just want just like, you know, you'd go to an audition and there there'd be hundreds of people lining up. Mm. Where here in Australia, that'd be that'd be not so much. So, what was your experience like going over there at the start? I I honestly I enjoyed every second of it. I thought it was fantastic because I think also because I took the pressure off myself. Um, going out there so for me I was going out there to experience the industry network and kind of just take a holiday with my friend but with a purpose so I I found it really interesting that you know everybody I met people from all walks of life so I had I I met music music friends producer friends um, directors uh, actors it was it was an amazing array of talent and people that I had the opportunity to learn from and to network with um castings were huge yes. so I mean London castings can be quite big as well I mean with a London casting you know a few times I've walked into a room of like anywhere between 20 and 50 people um and you kind of sit <laughs> there and you know it's up to you whether you allow yourself to get psyched out whether you you know look at the other people and compare yourself or whether you really focus and just put your blinkers on and make sure you're there to do a job and I remember I went I I found this tv casting and I was like I know I I can't I I was going home in a couple of weeks and I thought I know legally I won't be able to work out here um but I could I could go home speak to my agent and and get a working visa so there was a way to be able to work out there so I went to this tv casting oh my god there were hundreds of people there there were so many people there (laughs) (laughs) and I was like it was just a walk-in a walk-in casting I I hadn't been invited which is why it was so big and I just thought holy moly this is like you know this is this is big and I kind of just took it as as an amazing experience you had loads of of girls the same same age as me but like all looking different all with different incredible skills beautiful looks oh my god just different looks and a different kind of like spark about them it was really intimidating if I'm honest it was intimidating but I kind of chose just to roll with it and learn from it and it was getting in front of the casting directors was great because I was there with an English accent and it was was something different did that did that work did that did that work to your advantage I mean they you know when you get into a a room you don't want to sit there chatting to the casting directors you know too much or asking questions but the fact that they were like oh you're from England are you I was like yes yes I am it, it, it I knew that for that reason it, that they might remember me um I didn't get a call back from that particular one but it was it was a great experience yeah yes and and I'm the same I, I you know I've been I've been there a couple of times I've got a really good uh friend uh that's working with Disney over there nice. at the moment he's doing really good for himself so every time I go to LA I sort of go and visit him and you know when he's not working we go and travel and do things but yeah that my first impression of LA was sort of like yours like going to like a bar and mm-hmm. and sitting down and meet, meeting all these people and like oh yeah I'm a I, I want to be like a you know a musician or I want to be a, a makeup artist or I want to be yeah. an actor I want to be in theatre 
and it was just so inspiring. And yeah, I, I, I really found uh, people from actually born in LA. They were from all these other cities, you know, Charlotte or you know Chicago, mm-hmm. or you know, just coming from all all walks of life to. But it was so inspiring to, to see all these people just like having a go and just you know you know what I mean. Did you get that same feel as yeah. well? Oh, I I thought it was extremely inspiring. You know, we would we would go to a bar, and you know Lisa and I would go in and we would literally sit at the table within a few hours having a few drinks. We'd make friends with you know other people, or we'd go to a theatre show and we would make friends with some people at the theatre show we go to a bar afterwards and it was such a kind of cosmopolitan incredible situation everyone was from a different country or a different region or you know different states they all had such a cool story to tell they all had amazing goals and everyone just kind of inspired each other and everyone kind of lifted each other up in that situation it was really really nice um and with LA there's loads of aspects that I I didn't realize like you know you watch on TV what LA's like, you see Rodeo Drive, you see like um, Hollywood. And then when you go there, you know, yes. I don't know whether you've you've spent a lot of time in downtown LA, but downtown LA is not spoken about so much, but it's so rich with culture and so incredible. Exactly. They actually had, they had the art walk open, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, one evening I had the opportunity to go to this incredible art walk in downtown LA and it was all the artists on the street brought their work out and you had all the dancers were out loft parties were going on there was a burlesque wow. show you know all the little cafes were open with like all the bakeries with their cupcakes it was one of my favorite moments in LA was really just experiencing that it was fab yes and do you have a particular story there in um, LA that you can share so in your in your time so we you know what, actually, we had a friend, um, a really good friend of mine who was living over in L.A. Well, actually, she was she was first a friend of my friend Lisa. I met her through Lisa. And one day she said to us, you know what, I want to take you to Melrose because there's an incredible restaurant here that does brunch. And I mean, I, who doesn't love brunch? Brunch is the best. So yes. we <laughs> bit of brunch. So we went to Melrose to go for brunch. And as we're sat having brunch, this this woman is sat there who has got this incredible aura about her, who's there with her two assistants. And I can hear her talking about films. And, um, you know, we just somehow got chatting across tables about, you know, you guys are from England. What are you doing here? And then she started talking about um, her experiences. And it turns out that it was a, a woman called Julia Vidal. And she was there with a couple of her assistants who were also from England. So we got chatting. They were the same age as us. And um, she was, I believe, one of the producers for Much Ado About Nothing with Al Pacino. And Mm. we just got we just got chatting. And, you know, there's kind of a stereotype of certain areas of the world, like London, where it says people aren't so friendly and, you know, people don't really talk to each other. But I found completely the opposite. Within 10 minutes, she was saying to her assistants, you know, um, let's get these girls invited to the barbecue. Do you guys want to come up to the hills and we'll have a barbecue? And before we knew it, we were invited to this incredible barbecue in the Hollywood Hills at this gorgeous mansion house with an array of people from some of the coolest production companies who had worked on some of the biggest movies who were all just sat there serving burgers, having a beer 
and it was just one of those moments where you think these these people are so kind and so knowledgeable about the industry and it was just awesome it was just one of those moments that had we not just gone for a typical like a chilled out brunch we wouldn't have got that experience to network and speak with an array of such awesome people um that's always stuck with me what an amazing experience um and i I have i have something uh similar like we were going out uh you know just trying to find a place and it was so cool to have somebody from la said to show us all the show me all the good places anyway we went into this small little bar just to have a drink and then all of a sudden he he was working with disney all the the directors of walt disney in and hollywood come in and sat down and it was just like hi i'm the ceo i'm the ceo i'm the and these these people like were just normal human beings Mm. and they were all just having drinks and just talking about you know uh the week that was and and apparently mm. this is their secret little place that they go to um, <laughs> to have a drink so they don't have to get bombarded by, you know, or, or, or the actors and actresses, you know, wanting to get, you know. A- anyway, it's just really, really nice. And I, I yeah. was the Aussie guy. They, they just wanted <laughs> wanted me to talk because they, they love the accent. And I was like, can you just keep talking, Craig? And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, hi. Can you say shrimp um, on the barbie a couple Craig, of times? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Right. <laughs> Amazing. Shrimp on the body. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, LA. So I also read that you uh, spent a little bit of time in Texas as well. Now, I haven't been to Texas as well, but tell us that experience as well. Did you have roles there? Did you have so parts I... there? I've not actually been to Texas. So what it was is I, um, having gone to LA, I made a few contacts that were from Texas. And what they did was they turned around and they said, look, we've got a film. It was a horror film. And they were like, we need to go back to Texas, but we want you to have one of the roles in this film. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, And so what they did was they sent me the script and the character breakdown. And they said, you can film this from wherever you are. So I got to work on a Texas production from L.A. and actually did a kind of webcam self-recorded role where I actually had my friend read in. I played the character and then they obviously dubbed over his lines and cut me into the film. So it was people that I'd met from Texas that then um, offered me a role in their movie and I got to work in their in their production. It was very cool. Yeah, right. And sp- speaking uh, of that as well, did you go to anywhere else in your time in uh, the US besides LA? Did you, did you get a chance to go to San Francisco, mm-hmm. San Diego? Yeah, so we, um, I had a couple of friends who were traveling um, at the time and they came to LA to meet me. And we just, we jumped on a Greyhound and just basically went to San Francisco. And it's one of my favorite places. San Francisco was unbelievable. We we did all your typical kind of fisherman's walk, um, fisherman's wharf. Sorry, we went to yes. Alcatraz, which was unreal, and you know grabbed some chowder and uh, went and met up with another friend of mine who lives in San Fran, who I went to school with, and she showed us around all of the cool bars in all of the districts. So yeah, we went there, and then I also got to go to San Diego, which was amazing. 
Yeah, San Francisco has got a definitely a good vibe. Um, very open, lots of culture to it, and um, you know, lots of artists artists that live there as well. That was a very very cool vibe. I think, uh, and San Diego had the very Australian. San Diego had that very beach, you know, surf sort of vibe as well. So I really liked that whole area. So maybe one day uh, I will <laughs> get out there. Um, so do you have plans? Do you have plans to go back there uh, in the future, um, or are you happy to stay in England at the moment for the time being? Oh, a hundred percent. I'd love to go back. Love to. I um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of places on my on my list of places that I I want to go. Um, and I definitely want to go back to LA. I want to go back and see some of my friends over there. Um, and you know, yes. my my agent actually represents um artists in um America as well. So it would be good to go back over there and have representation um with him over there. And definitely want right. to go back to San Fran. Definitely. Um, and I'm, I've actually spoken to my sister about that. My, my sister actually flies for Virgin Atlantic. Um, and so she she goes all over the place. But San Francisco is one of her favorite places. So I'm going to try and hitch a ride with her <laughs> the next time she goes. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And did you get it? Did you get a chance to go to New York as well? Uh, you know what? New York is one of the places I've still never been, and it's on my list. I desperately want to go to New York, so I might try and get my sister to take me there as well. <laughs> so let's go through some of the some of the things that you've done. Actually, before that, do you have a a, a choice between film, television, or theatre? That's a tough Ooh. question. Mm, they're all so different. You know what? It really depends on the project. So. I, I love theatre. You know, I grew I grew up in the theatre. Absolutely love the experience of being on stage. T- film and TV work is very very different, um, but I love it. At the moment, I'm focused on film and TV. But if you know, if, if a role came up in theatre, that would be great too. I can't pick. <laughs> I yes. love them all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're talking about it a little bit earlier. Uh, do you prefer being the villain or the hero? Oh, the villain. <laughs> Why? Why? Why I is it? I love it. I love playing um, the villain. I I just love it. I I always feel like not. I you know what? I wouldn't. I would never say it's more fun to play the villain, but I always just feel like there's there's so much more opportunity to explore depth with a villain because you've got yeah. what they what you see on the outside. You've got their motivations behind it you've got their backstory for the reasons why they are the way they are you've got the different people that potentially have harmed them there's this whole array of um, emotion and backstory that you can create from that not to, obviously you can and and you do with a hero but there's just something a little bit extra spicy <laughs> about playing a villain <laughs> that I just personally love yeah definitely fair enough and the first, so your first like TV, TV or movie, I do believe if if this is correct, 2011, Fred uh murder casebook, is that correct? Oh, Fred Dinage, Fred Dinage's murder casebook. So, so I first got into was that your film. first one, your first TV so, film? Yeah. No, so I. I started films when I was at uni, just kind of doing short films and films for students, and then. When I finished, I actually got a role on The Hotel Inspector. And I believe The Hotel Inspector was before oh. Fred Dinage. 
I think. Um, and they kind of, no, it wasn't. You know what? You are right. It was Fred Dinage's murder case book was my first TV role that I did. So that was on the Crime and Investigation channel. And there was an episode that was being advertised called The Brides in the Bath. And Fred Dinage over here is somebody that did the news, Meridian News. But he's also um, like a historian and presents documentaries. And um, right. there was a role for a character called Alice Burnham, who was uh, a victim in, in the case. And she was drowned in the bath. So it was a story of this guy who married, um, I believe it was in the early 1900s, he married women and then uh, kind of got their insurance, uh, uh, got his name on their life insurance and their dowries and things like that. And then he murdered them in the bath. It was like a signature move. Oh, um, my God. So I got to play Alice Burnham. And that was my first ever like proper TV thing. It was great. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> and then... and. And then you went from there, the, uh, you did the murder case book, and then it's a cycle effect in 2012. Cyclical effect, yeah, cyclical effect. That yes. was a really cool film. Um, the lead character in that was a young lad, um, and he was young. I think he must have been about 10 years old, maybe 11. And he was a lead character on right. set with a lot of people on set being directed by this really cool director, and this young kid was so confident and so talented. I just kind of remember looking at him thinking, oh, my God, if only I was like you at the age of 10. Like he he was really, really <laughs> cool. Um, and that that. Yeah, that was a that was a fun. That was a really fun movie to do. Really cool cast. Um, I'm actually still in touch with some of the people that I worked with um, in that movie now. So, yeah, that was great. Right. So they obviously he didn't have the the fear and the, the the state the stage fright that you had when you were a teenager <laughs> no he had no inhibitions whatsoever he was just this fantastic uh, you know ball of energy who was so talented and and you know his his everything from his presence to his listening skills to his ability to take direction and his ability to concentrate at that age was just astounding wow that yeah. is amazing and then you've got uh, you got Dream Lover, then you got Dragon Kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, The Order of Kings, Future yeah. Soldiers. So you, uh, 2018 was a, a very 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 busy year. So is this where it started to sort of pick up for you at this stage? Yeah, I I, I think so. So 2017 was really when um, I started to get more into British independent films. So um, right. British independent films I absolutely love I love those um they're they're films that you know all films come straight from the heart but they are usually directed uh produced they're usually funded by people who have such a passion and such a keen interest in the project that working on them is so fulfilling and 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 you get to meet people from all walks of life I I think it's an incredible industry and the talent that's in that industry is just great and I had the opportunity to work on such a, an array of different films um, from um, sci-fi. So Future Soldier actually never got taken forward. So um, we did the trailer and we did a couple of bits for it, but it never actually got taken forward, which was a shame. Um, but the other oh. movies did. 
and I, yeah, I got to play some really cool characters and I got to meet some amazing people and yeah, it, it was, it was busy. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so, so with the short films in, in the UK, are you able to do this as a full-time basis or do you need another sort of income to sort of stay alive? So I, I'm not doing it on a full-time basis and a lot of the people that I that I know that are doing British independent films as an actor, um, some of them are so, some of them are lucky enough to be able to do it full-time, which is incredible. Um, but a lot of people that I know yes. are similar to me. You know, I'm, I'm actually in marketing as well as doing acting. Um, you know, I've got a, a full, a full-time day job as well. I would love to do it full-time. That's actually oh. my, my, my goal is to be able to do it full-time. Yeah, right. Well, I guess you, you got to do that until, you know, <laughs> that it comes, uh, but, you know, stick with it. You'll, you'll get there, Hannah. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, and, and then you'll get, then you'll get your, um, your visa for the US and then you'll be able yep. to go back and forth and, <laughs> and then you'll get your Australian visa and you can learn how to surf. I can and, learn how know, to surf. Get a few roles down here. <laughs> Well, you got and you got the accent down pat as well. You know, come on. They'll think I'm a local. It's it's fine. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it was Dragon Kingdom in 2018, and then we talked about the the Seven Days, and it was Susan. Pa- you played Susan Parks. Susan Parks. That look- Susan Parks. Yeah. yeah, that was honestly one of my my favorite movies that I've done so far, and and even. The, the final film that came out is just I don't know if you've seen the full film but it's absolutely amazing like I said I've only seen I've only seen your part of the film <laughs> uh, I'll send you the link <laughs> I'll send you I actually have the important the film. part I'll send the important it to you part. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the full film honestly it'll have you you know it's funny um Dave Healy actually does a cameo himself it's so funny because Dave is blind they actually give him a cameo as a pilot which is just oh amazing because he sat there in the cockpit and he's like can't really see where we're going it's just amazing and yeah. um yeah. yeah just some awesome people i'll send you it you should watch it it's really good it'll have you crying as well it's sad not a tearjerker oh yeah <laughs> a bit of a tearjerker it's really great <laughs> so but, yeah i also saw oh yes i i i can definitely i like those inspiring movies you know mm. they're, they're based on a true story right yeah yeah, he's so yeah, inspirational. Right. Uh, I love those feel-good sort of movies. Uh, I wanted to ask, I also saw that you were involved with, in a film clip as well, Home Wreck Band. Oh, Home Wreck, yes. I was I was in their music video. So, yeah, so tell us about that. So Home Wrecked are, How did that all come Home Wrecked are um, an amazing up-and-coming band. They are... I don't even know how I would classify their music, kind of like indie rock. They are such a cool group of lads. They're from up north in the UK. And I saw this casting come out and they were looking for a female to play a lead role in their music video. And the song is called um, Nothing Like You. So the film is actually about a guy that comes home from being out and there's lipstick on his collar. And, you know, Uh music, right? I know um I I sort of like did this and I was like I thought she was pretty tame for the reaction that I would have would be far worse than the reaction that she (laughs) has in this video (laughs) um and it's basically (laughs) about this couple that just are not getting on they're not they're not getting on well they are having arguments and problems she doesn't trust him and um 
you know one of the main lyrics in it is um can't stand to be around you i'm nothing like you and it's it's a really cool song it's a different kind of song that isn't like the rest of their album so when i heard it i was like i want to be a part of this so um they cast me and i got to go down and shoot for the day and yeah with lots of crying lots of crying lots of screaming <laughs> it was really hard but so good yeah right that's awesome what a, what a great experience and mm. in, in talking about that what, what sort of music are, are you into I'm into everything. I love music. Um, music and movies for me are everything. Um, I will listen to anything from Hans Zimmer down to, uh, you know, some rock, some indie chart. I love the Chainsmokers. Um, I love Rag and Bone Man. Oh, Rag and nice. Bone Man is one of my favourite artists. He is just amazing. Yeah, I like everything. Excellent. All yeah, right. We might have to get that uh, the home wreck down on on the podcast. Actually, you should. See if they're interesting. You, you should. Yes. Yeah. Contact them. They're oh, great. Well, well, they're I'll a great check, group of lads. I'll check them out. All right. And do you go to gigs much? Or do you go or you, with your busy schedule? I try. <laughs> I try basically <laughs> um, to go to gigs when I can. Not as much as I'd like. Um, I like to go to theatre, love to go to the movies, and I love a bit of stand-up. Stand-up is amazing. So all of those things I try. Nice, nice. Well, I'm also trying to get, um, I don't know if you've heard of her, she's an English ventriloquist, Nina Ooh. Nina Conti. Um, and yeah, she's been very hard to. She's got like a talking uh, monkey. <laughs> and, oh and, my gosh! Yes. Uh, and, uh, and I saw her on the the comedy show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I got in contact with her management, and uh, we're trying to work something out. Uh, have you? Did you ever want to do that as well? Are you a funny person in, in you know as a comedian? <laughs> I like to think I'm hilarious. Um, no, I. I I'm a big goof I am one of those people like I I always (laughs) I always joke about being that girl that's got um a face like thunder I've got one of those faces my my resting face is one of those um one of those faces that looks like I'm constantly irritated but I'm genuinely not I'm actually quite friendly person um but yeah I'm just a massive goof I love comedy I don't often get the chance to do comedic roles but when I was a kid, I always used to do, like I said, accents, but I also used to do impressions. Um, you know, me and my sister are just so silly together. Like me, me and my sister are like a comedy duo, just the <laughs> two of us. Um, so uh-huh. <laughs> I'd love to be able to do more comedy and kind of get get that into, more into yeah. my showreel and get that more out there because they are the best roles. They're great. So was your sister a part of the uh, acting and theatre as well or she took another uh, route? So my sister is the model of the family. Um, she's oh, she's nice. amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she she does modelling and she also she works with brands basically to promote their clothing. Um, and she's done some incredible photo shoots. Um, she even did some work on Towie um, a few years ago. She did some um, extra work on Towie, which she really liked. Um, but since then, she's kind of honed more into to modelling, which she's yeah, she's doing really well. I'm so proud of her. And is there anything that you've collaborated with? You've done something together with your sister? So not yet, but um, she's recently just started collaborating with Six Silk. Um, and uh, I sort of said to her the other day, she got this order through for this incredible tracksuit set. And I was like, I'm going to borrow this off you. And she was like, just order your own. <laughs> so 
I went and I ordered my own <laughs> I ended up ordering like half of the six silk website and I was like right when I come down when the isolation is over I was like we're gonna do a twinsies post on Instagram and she was like for sure so you never yeah. know you never know I might get pride of place on her Instagram one day <laughs> <laughs> and and it also said that that you could play it says here you could play a british british actor an irish actor and a french is that a, is that is that a part of your family or mm-hmm. is that just you're able you're able to play that character so it's a bit of both so um me we always have this running joke in our family that we don't know where we're from and about 90 percent of that is true so um <laughs> We, our family, um, we, we, our heritage goes back, but exactly to where it goes back, we're not 100% sure at this point. So um, what we do know is that we've got Irish in the family and we've got French in the family. So um, as much as I am, as far as I know, very Caucasian, um, it's, it's great to know that being so dark, um, I've got the ability to be put forward for and, you know, my agent puts me forward for Hispanic roles, for French roles, for, um, you know, uh, European roles. So it's nice to know that I, I'm not just able to play Caucasian, but I can actually play other nationalities. Um, and with accent, you know, I can I can I can do that quite well. An Australian accent. <laughs> An Australian accent. Yes. <laughs> So so let's sort of wrap it up here. So what does the future hold for where do you see yourself going, Hannah? What roles do you see yourself in the future? Tell, tell us about, you know, what's up and coming for you after the pandemic. <laughs> after the pandemic. So I'm using this time to really make sure that my, like, my toolkit is as up-to-date and shiny as possible for my agent and for me. Um as soon as those roles come back up, you know, I'm keeping in close contact with my agent to make sure that we're ready to go. So really, for me, the only way is up. Um, so I'm I'm feeling so positive about the future. Um, my goal uh, is to be utilising my accents more. So I want to be playing different nationalities. Um, I want to be doing uh, more commercials. Um, which I've said to my to my agent would be mm. an amazing opportunity to get more into commercials, which which would be great. Um, and I'm actually looking to try and tip the balance where the day job obviously it needs to be there, but I'm going to put every piece of my heart and my soul um, in, into acting. And that's where my heart is. That's going to be a change, a life change that I'm making this year, which is a very scary thought, but so exciting and I'm ready. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. No, no worries. And, and is there any sort of promotion, endorsements, uh, anything you want to, any of your social medias or any upcoming events? Uh, I do see that uh, the one, something's come out recently, the, the re-up. Was that, has that come yeah. out only this year? Yes, yeah, so so that's um, Maybe you want to promote that? Yeah, so the the reup is um, so the reup is a mini TV drama series uh, which is currently available online. It's 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 incredible. It's it's kind of like I guess the best way to describe it is kind of like a UK version of Power. It's really urban. It's really right. gritty. It's really real, you know. And and the people working on it are amazing. You know, an incredible opportunity to play um, a police officer. Um, it's a, yes. a series. Yeah, it's a 
it's a series that two episodes out now and you can catch them on YouTube. If you go on YouTube, you type in um, the re-up. It's, it's one of the first things that will come up. It's, and it's, it's just really gritty and really real. I don't want to say too much, so I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but it's exciting. Sure, It'll sure. you on the edge of your seat. Um, episodes one and two are out now. And episode three is just about to get filming. So it's really exciting. Great. And what was it like, uh, just quietly, what was it like playing the, the role of a police officer? I loved it. I loved it. I, I kind of yeah. just like got on set and just sort of, it kind of scared me how much I just kind of walked straight into the role of a copper. I was like, yes, it was, it was so comfortable and so <laughs> cool. And, you know, I was lucky enough to, um, so I, I feature in the second episode and I was lucky enough to be given the time by, by the writers to, to have a, a really cool backstory. So um, when, when you see me in it, you'll, you'll see me having a, a conversation with my, my partner who I'm there on duty with, and there's kind of like a secret love story going on. So there was a lot of depth to take from oh. her. Um, yeah, it was really nice to be given that time and opportunity. So I loved it. And what preparation did you have to do to to do this? Did you have to sort of go into any sort of police department or did you just sort of naturally naturally did it yourself? No, so well, we didn't we didn't go into any police departments or do any shadowing, but you know, there was a lot of preparation in terms of speaking with the director on who the character was, what were her motivations, what's her backstory. I got given the script ahead of time, had some time to actually speak to some, some people that I already knew were in the production and get their vibe on it um, and get their take on the piece as a whole. And then they actually went and um, they rented the the costume for the day, which was actually um, police uniform, which was amazing. And, you know, just kind of got there, had a great pre-read with with the guy who was opposite, um, acting opposite, kind of just got to it. It was great. Wow. That's great. And I love how it's all natural. You didn't really have to prepare much. Or, or you said you did a lot of preparation, but mm. also natural to just go in and sort of do do those sorts of things. And again, with the Australian role, you know, the Australian reporter, you sort of did that pretty natural as well. So very good, Hannah. Um, you're definitely <laughs> showing your, ta- your, your talent there. <laughs> So, uh, and and where, where can we see uh, your social media uh, for our listeners? So, if you go onto my Instagram, it's probably the best place to catch me. Uh, my handle is at Miss underscore Hannah underscore Roberts. Um, I know that's quite a formal handle to have, isn't it? Um, but you can catch my IMDb <laughs> links on there. You can catch all the latest work that I'm working on. You can see my showreels there just to, to catch what I've been doing. And uh, let's let's get some roles for you in Australia as well. Come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. If anybody <laughs> anybody right. wants to talk about yeah, any so, upcoming roles. So all the roles are like you said are in in the link there in their Instagram page. Um, definitely shows you know all, on her vacations and uh, behind the scenes of her movies and all of her roles. So definitely jump on there and uh, go and have a look and follow follow Hannah. Thank you very much for this has been absolutely great. I'm sure we could talk for another hour or so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I really I really do appreciate your time coming on. All the best uh for for the future. Yeah, come back on another time, all right? I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Hannah, and remember <laughs> come to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. No worries. Okay, then. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. 
So you want to try that one one more time? Let's try it again. <laughs> Third try time cut. lucky. Try it again. Oh, you're going to be a professional at this, this answer. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what? Now, nah, if we're going to talk about fear on stage, then we'll, you know, let, let's be honest, like, never get rid of it. So that's fine. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give it another go. <laughs> so what was it about? Okay, so you, uh, you know, you're scared. Okay. So speaking, speaking of, of being on the theatre, uh, Hannah, um, how did you overcome? <laughs> how did? <laughs> Sorry. How did... <laughs> oh God. Let's try again. We're professionals here. Professionals. 